All right, everybody. Welcome back to the fourth. Fourth? Uh, yeah, I think we're in the fourth. Episode <laughs> of the Brew Crew Podcast. It's me, uh, Julian. I'm joined by Chev. And once again, we all have a lot of cool things to talk about. Uh, Chev, why don't, you, why don't you tell us what's on the docket today? Yeah, so today we want to go over some of our um, favorite cards uh, based on, you know, particular themes from Jumpstart. Want to quickly talk about uh, the changes to um, Arena coming with M21 and, you know, one of my favorite announcements that comes along with it. I'll finally be able to play on my uh, Mac and I won't be beholden to my desktop computer. So we'll get to all of that. And, um, you know, once again, welcome to the Brew Crew. Available on our website. Uh, we're on YouTube and we're starting out on the Twitter sphere, um, but you know, wherever you wherever you get your magic content, we're going to be there. Yep, and we'll have uh, links to all that stuff in the description. Definitely uh, come interact with us. Uh, tell us what you want to see. Tell us what. Uh, we're lonely. Yeah, we're that's that's true. I can't. I'm just stuck here with Chev all the time, so it's rough. So, like Chev said, uh, Jumpstart is going to be a primary focus of our cast, but. There's probably a lot of people who don't really know what Jumpstart is. So, Chev, can you explain to the people what this supplementary product, uh, what it's all about? Yeah, so Jumpstart is um, this, like, weird combination of things that's basically, like, what if we took the experience of drafting and kind of made it easier for, um, you know, you don't need to draft through three packs. You buy two Jumpstart packs that are each 20 cards, include all the basic lands you need, and then you can just smash them together and have a ready-to-play 40-card deck. So it's really kind of like a, an easier way to jump into a game uh, without needing to go through a drafting process or a sealed process. And probably the best part about it is there's 121, I think, uh, different uh, Jumpstart packs out there of 46 different themes. So, you know, you open a 20-card pack of pirates or archaeology or unicorns or dogs or cats, and then you mash that with another 20-card deck and you get ridiculous combinations like... Um, walls and dogs versus reanimate and zombies well i guess that's kind of on theme for reanimate and zombies but you know the idea that anytime you play is going to be radically different and you just buy these two 20 card packs and then you're you're ready to go is the the gist of it and it's also an engine to provide new um new cards new commander staples and uh reprints since you know we can all use more of those right definitely i i uh i really like what wizards did here uh, I think this is a very mm -hmm. fresh take on drafting slash sealed slash constructed. It's kind of all the different versions of the format yeah. mixed into one. Um, you know, there's cards that are good in just regular normal limited all the way up to cards that are probably going to see, um, you know, eternal format slash commander play and everything in between is great for if you're just playing at your kitchen table. So uh, we definitely want to commend Wizards on this just being like, very forward thinking, um, and yeah, you don't see you don't see many changes to the the limited sort of roster um, that wizards can produce. So seeing anything that kind of plays on it in a new and exciting way is always something we're here for. Yeah, and it's uh, I think this is the most before this the last draft sort of focus set was conspiracy, right? The second conspiracy. Um, yeah. Which are yeah. The last players, time they tried to do something unique with draft, I, I would say, is the right. conspiracy. Our our play group is always very partial to those because we have enough for a small pod. So whenever mm. one of those comes out, we always like to pick up packs and, and run an event or two. So this is, I mean, we already have plans to uh, run something for this. So we will pr probably provide a little tournament report or something, see what happens uh, 
see what we liked, what we didn't like, and uh, of course, who won. Gotta put those bragging rights out there for everybody. <laughs> but, so, Chev, you and I took uh, a long, hard look through all these new cards and also reprints, mm -hmm. and we have... Actually, we might even have exactly 10, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. We have eight different categories that we kind of broke them down, and we each picked our personal favorite card, or maybe cards, um, in each category just to highlight uh, in this set. So that's kind of our next segment is we're going to go through and compare what we thought. Um, and I think the first one that we want to talk about is what is the best reprint? So what, what is the best card that you're excited to uh, see come back? Chev, you wanna you wanna start with that one? So um, if I if I'm reading the same notes that you are, I think our first category is uh, best money reprint. Yeah, but I'm gonna um, start with best reprint reprint because we, right, we can get right. into the financials a little bit later. But let's just talk about what's what's the card you were most happy to come uh, see come back. So honestly, I'm gonna go with the um, commander favorite Ristic study for this one. Um, you know, I I know. I know it would be uh, overly optimistic to hope that this will cause the, the price on it to go down by any meaningful amount, considering it was just reprinted in the mystery boosters at the same effective rarity. Um, you know, just just to kind of touch on that a little bit, every card in the mythic boosters based on their slots in the pack, since that had a different um, pack filling sort of strategy, um, had mythic rare rarity. And so because there's 121 different possible packs in Jumpstart, every card um, has at least Mythic Rarity. If it shows up in one pack, it's going to have Mythic Rarity. So we're seeing Ristic Study again being printed at Mythic level. Um, and, you know, the price probably won't go down. But I do really like seeing these classic Commander cards slowly picking up, you know, as Wizards takes more note of the secondary market. And we see things uh, all over the place that are seeing multiple reprints this year. Um, just to hopefully drive the price down even just a little bit. Um, and, you know, just making it more available to people out there because Prophecy, you know, certainly wasn't a big enough print run for the amount of people that want to play blue in Command. What about you, Julian? Yeah, I uh, I actually am a big fan of Ristic Study. I, I didn't want to, I actually didn't want to put it on there just because I, I know a lot of people are, uh, have gripes with it. And honestly, I don't <laughs> think it's necessarily a card that needs to see more play. But I am happy that it's going to be slightly, uh, you know, more available. But my personal favorite reprint was Harold's Horn. Um, now, if y'all don't Ooh, know what Harold's Horn yeah. is, it is an artifact for three mana. And then when it enters, you uh, choose a creature type. And then all the creature types that you cast cost one generic less to cast. And then at the beginning of your upkeep, hold up, let me just try and find the card real quick. At the beginning of your upkeep, you look at the top card of your library, and if it is that creature type, am I correct? Am I correct? Am I correct? Yeah, at the beginning of your upkeep, look at the top card of your library. If it's a creature card of the chosen type, you may reveal it and put it into your hand. So it's also um, card advantage, uh, as well as mana advantage. Now, this was a card that was printed in the 2017 or 2018? 17, yeah. Uh, yeah, the ones... The, the, the ones 2017 the was the tribal commander. Yeah, cats, dragons, etc., etc. And it was only an uncommon in those decks, which means it was in all of them or three out of the four or something like that. But yeah, it can be in up to three of the four, but I'm not sure how many it was actually. I know, I think uncommon means it's in more than one. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know how many. Okay. Well, it was in multiple of those decks. 
and it still was an extremely expensive card. I don't have the exact price point, but I want to say it was pushing $20, which is ridiculous. I think it was up to 17 Yeah, yeah. So pretty expensive for just a random, like, you know, three-man artifact uncommon from a commander set. Um, so I'm super happy that this is coming in because tribal is such a staple strategy for commander, for um, casual play in general. I know, Chev, your first deck yeah. ever was an elf deck. I've had many uh yeah. different tribal <laughs> builds um either in more competitive formats or in just us playing you know hanging out at one of our houses um throughout the years so this being uh accessible by a lot more people i think is a great thing also there are just a lot of tribal uh packs you can get in jumpstart there's goblins there's elves there's dragons oh yeah 90 i think 90 percent of them are tribal just because it's so much cooler when you have that sort of unique theme that takes them together. Like some of the themes, I'm not a hundred percent sure. We'll kind of go into the themes a little bit later. Uh, you know, it seems like after 40 themes or so, they, they grabbed a couple more to round it out, but the tribal ones, there's some serious power bond. Yes, exactly. So the fact that they're reprinting this, I think hits everywhere they need to on the spectrum. Um, and I also just think it's a, a quite a powerful card and uh, definitely an include in any sort of tribal deck that you want to do. So that's, that's our calls for the best reprints. Now we're going to talk about the best reprints in terms of monetary value, secondary market, uh, things like that. So, Chev, what do you got? So for, for this one, I said uh, Crater Hoof. Now, like, I was going through some of the reprints and, you know, cheating a little bit to see where their price was prior to being shown off in Jumpstart. And Crater Hoof, you know, having only been printed in, I think, Addison Restored, um, it has... A very small number of copies out there compared to things that have at least been printed one or two times. Um, and so, you know, it has the best potential to drop by a significant margin. I think the the one I was going between was also Exquisite Blood, which, you know, ironically enough, also from Avacyn Restored, also never been reprinted. And, you know, Avacyn Restored is, I think, slightly before the modern era, so the print run was definitely a little bit smaller. Not as small as, you know, the old, old sets, like where uh, Ristic Study was coming from, but, you know, definitely enough that this... A, a, anything at Mythic Rarity um, nowadays being printed will definitely show up more often than a Mythic Rare or Rare from those previous sets. So, you know, I, I believe that while Craterhoof is still too powerful a card to go down by a significant margin, I think it, it does have the potential for a, a large drop, maybe $10, $15, and before long it'll be back up again. But, you know, if you grab it at that point, you'll definitely be happy. Agreed. Uh, big fan of Crater Hoof. Very powerful card. Also uh, noted that this will now be in Historic, which will be interesting because uh, yes. Green Ramp decks are already... They didn't really out. need any help, did they, Julian? They don't. I was uh, I was already, uh, you know, a little uh, irked that Ulamog got printed in the uh, most recent <laughs> Historic <laughs> Anthology. So, you know, I mean... Whatever you got to do, we want to make uh, Historic uh, exciting. And all these people who have been casting N-Ray's Forerunners, they're in, in for a, a whole new world when they get to cast Crater Hoof. So, yeah, a whole new uh, amount of it. exciting. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's, that's uh, believe it or not, a lot more damage when you play, uh, when you play Crater Hoof over N-Ray's, <laughs> even though they have similar effects. I know. I'm, uh, personally, I'm hoping that Crater Hoof comes down enough so I can slot that into my... Uh, a Patra deck instead of, I think Endrace Forerunners is currently in there, but if I can get all my snakes just a little bit bigger, I'm, I'm certainly not going to be complaining. I think that is an upgrade that you should make, sir. I think that's uh, just probably a, a strict upgrade. So yeah, when you uh, 
when you when you open one of those you can do it my uh my best money uh my best money reprint is ironically also a mythic rare that is mono green uh and it's Silvala heart of the wilds um another card that just did not was not opened uh that much it was in the second conspiracy take the crown which we referenced earlier mm -hmm. is that one of those uh specialty draft formats it was a mythic rare back there so a, a smaller supplemental run mythic rare you know does not uh does not equal well for something being affordable when there's just not that many out there but um it's a three mana elf scout two three that essentially says when any creature enters the battlefield um if its uh, power is greater than each other creature's power, you can draw a card, and then you can pay a green and tap it, and you add X mana and any combination of colors where X is the greatest power among creatures you control. This is just an mm -hmm. extremely powerful card, just like a Crater Hoof. Oh, it's this so good. This is a commander staple. It's even a very powerful CEDH deck, and I'm sure also if you're just running any sort of you know, casual kitchen table magic, uh, this is something that you'd want to have in any sort of... Um, you know, big green deck, which once again is that's that's every Timmy's dream. So this uh, facilitates everything yeah. you want to do. Yeah, and I mean the price has just been bodied too since it got printed in um, Mystery Boosters too, and I think that made it drop you know ten fifteen dollars at that printing. And I'm not sure this one will have the same effect, but you know a more accessible Selvala is something that everyone kind of wants. Exactly. I mean, and I actually I considered. Go oh, go ahead. <laughs> oh, I was going to say for um, before Mystery Boosters, Selvala was I think approaching fifty. I think forties. 40s to yeah, 40s yeah. to maybe 50 just for the non-foil. God forbid you wanted to you know bling your. Oh yeah. Out. <laughs> yeah, I I actually considered switching my Eldrazi deck behind um, Selvala, but you know as I was building it, I just found it was it was too nasty. Like you know I I like the Eldrazi for their absolute ridiculous nature to get too big too fast, but like that was too big. It, it was too scary even <laughs> for me. Yeah, I mean, I I supported when you showed me that list, and I was like, this this will definitely be a powerful deck. It's going to do some crazy things, but I definitely breathed a sigh of relief when you said, I think I'm just going to stick to colorless. Uh, you know, maintain the dignity of the Eldrazi. Uh, yeah, that could that could have gotten out of hand. <laughs> Don't get in line with those green creatures that produce too much mana too fast. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, one thing I do want to mention is that Chev and I have been talking a lot about these cards uh, in relation to Commander, and I think. Given the nature of this set, that's where a lot of these cards are going to end up. Since this, technically, these mm -hmm. cards go into eternal formats, so legacy um, and vintage. Uh, I'm not seeing many that are powerful or unique enough. Yeah. To slot into any decks there; those are pretty tuned as it is. But um, right, you know, where all those cards who just come up short of those, but are still uh, powerful or provide uh, a redundancy of effect, are great for commanders. So that is where a lot of um, or just smashy enough. Like it, it, it doesn't. It needs to have cute art, um, be an absolute tank, or just a ridiculous effect. Like we saw with that six mana um, crypticist command back in M twenty one. Not oh, back in M twenty. Yeah, tomorrow exactly. in M twenty one. All those things that are just absolutely bats. Um, easily slot into commander, and the format's better for it. Right. Exactly. So that is where a lot of our uh, perspective is going on. Um, just due to the nature of this set. So anyway, so those are our our, our picks for best money reprints. Um, Chev would tell you, you know, the standard thing. If you open them up, awesome. Uh, if you need to pick them up as singles, just wait a slight bit just for them to bottom out, but don't be waiting too long because, um, like Chev said, these things do technically have a, a very high rarity, so it's not like there's going to be a huge drop from everyone opening them. Exactly.
So uh, let's with that, let's jump into some of the newer cards. Uh, Julian, why don't you tell us what your favorite non-legend from um, Jumpstart is? New card specific. Yes. So I actually picked two cards. Um, one that I think is a greedy, an extremely powerful card, and one that I want to give an honorable mention just because I I think it's a a nice little pickup. The first one's going to be Blessed Sanctuary. So this is a rare enchantment for three white white. Prevent all non-combat damage that would be dealt to you and creatures you control. Boom. Immediately, you know, gets rid of any sort of green removal in fight and also any sort of burn, um, any sort of aggro red strategy like that. Easy. Also, whenever a non target yeah. creature enters the battlefield under your control, create a 2-2 white unicorn creature token. Um, if you are in any sort of deck, well, once again, talking about commander, most white decks... Uh, want to go wide, whether they're mono white or they're Naya, yeah. uh, Selesnya, anything like that. A lot of those are token strategies. So essentially being able to double up on your tokens and also two two white unicorns, that's a lot bigger than one one. That's 100% bigger than a one one, which is what a lot of things make. So those are nothing to shake a stick yeah. at. You know, God forbid you're doing any sort of doubling season, uh, then it just gets ridiculous. And the other thing to consider, Julian, is how powerful this is for. Um... For Boros burn decks, something like uh, Fire Song and Sunspeaker, where you can have a, a deck of all these, you know, damage-based board wipes, but all of your creatures remain untouched. Like that's that could yeah. cause some serious stuff it's going on. Not even something that I considered, but you're right. If you are running, I mean, obviously, if you're in white, you can run things like Wrath of God. But it, yeah, if you are exactly. running the damage-based. Um, Wraths like Blasphemous Act, or even if you're running something like a, an Earthquake, um, they all of a sudden turn into uh, you know Plague Winds, uh, so you, you don't lose anything, which is a good call, because that's definitely a route that I know a lot of those sort of decks go down. So I think Blessed Sanctuary is uh, a very cool card. White has been getting a lot of love recently when it comes to uh, EDH, and I think this is just another thing that you're going to want to slot into uh, a lot of those decks. So that's that. And then my honorable mention is Living Lightning, which is a 3-2 for uh, 4 mana, 3 in a red. And it just says, when Living Lightning dies, return target instant or sorcery card from your graveyard to your hand. I think this is just a great, nice little utility include. Um, not exactly the best on rate at 4 mana, but when you're playing red, you're going to be attacking. So you can just attack in, and then, or you can just use it to block. And if you're playing anything like black-red, uh, you're going to be sacrificing a lot, and then getting, you know, being able to get back uh, just a removal spell like a hero's downfall, or you know, if you're getting back something oh, for like sure. a comet storm or an exsanguinate, you know, it's just a, a nice utility to be able to kind of rebuy those those killer spells that um, you can get when you're playing a spell slinging decks in red. So, a little nod to Living Lightning, just a just a you know a workman's uncommon, but I, I think it'll definitely have a home in a few decks. All right, Chev, what do you got? So, uh, so my pick uh, for the best new card is Allosaurus Shepherd. Now, for those of you who are unfamiliar with this ridiculous elf, it is a one green one one. Um, can't be countered. Okay. Uh, green spells you control can't be countered. Okay. And then for six mana uh, until end of turn, each elf creature you control has base power and toughness. 5, 5, and becomes a dinosaur in addition to its other types. Which, I mean, you know, you had me add a, a mana sink elf that can raise the base power of toughness uh, before, you know, going into battle with all of my elves in any sort of elf tribal strategy. But then you add on the text that green spells I control can't be countered. I mean, that's insane. 
and it seems so pushed. Um, and I, I mean, like Julian was just mentioning, you know, Green and Historic certainly didn't need any help. Uh, and I, I, I don't know enough about the format to see if this will see any, you know, inclusion in it. But wow, it's it's a lot going on. And then especially for any of the Elf Ball Commander decks out there, like this is going to put in some serious work. And I, I just have to give my hat off to the little guy. Or I guess big guy if he's riding a dinosaur. But the point is, it's it's a lot going on. And then yeah, I, I would say that... He seems a little tall for an elf. <laughs> he uh, he drank a lot of milk as a kid. Helped his bones. Dinosaur milk? Uh, that seems a little sketchy to me. Yeah, I like this card a lot too. I think I think this goes into basically wherever you want to play elves, I think you want to play some number of these, whether it's modern, legacy. Um, it's looking like Historic is going to have an elf deck and obviously Commander. This seems yeah, know, amazing. So good. I was surprised this guy wasn't legendary. I, I remember talking to Julian, telling him um, about switching up his uh, risk card deck into an elf ball that Alistoris Shepherd should be his commander. But you know, the fact it's not, I I had no words just for the sheer amount of abilities going on. Yeah, I mean it's interesting because you're not punished by running more than one now, really. If you're running in a in a regular constructed format though you can't have it as your commander so I, it's trade-offs but still very yeah fairly, very powerful card all right now let's talk about the best new card but let's talk about the best legend someone that can be your commander who's going to be heading up your next deck chev so <laughs> for this one i i i spent a lot of time looking at them and you know there's tiny bones who's really cute and then there's the uh the goblin legendary who could finally give Cranko, you know a run for best goblin commander, even being a little more expensive. But at the end of the day, I, I really enjoyed seeing uh, Inia's The Gale Force um, coming out here. As it's uh, two blue and three, legendary creature Jin um, flying, and then for two and hybrid white blue, attacking creature with flying, get plus one plus one until end of turn. Um, pretty cool. But the, the kicker uh, whenever three or more creatures you control with flying attack, each player gains control of a non land permanent of your choice controlled by the player to their right. Now, that's... It's going to cause a lot of headaches, um, but most of my interest in it is, for a while, I've really been trying to put together a Jin and Ifrit deck, you know, based around uh, that Middle Eastern um, mythology, and, you know, seeing some of that in Arabian Nights, which obviously we're not going back to anytime soon due to, you know, the properties that are involved in making that, but finally having a legendary Jin that you can kind of rally the forces behind that's pretty freaking cool, and I'm I'm excited to see what people do with that. I would agree. Um, what I would actually, Inez was also one of the cards that I picked, but I saw that I, I saw that you picked uh, them, <laughs> so I, uh, I I'll throw another one. But I do really like Inez. Um, I think that blue white flyers is uh, a thing that Wizards has been continuing to push. I mean, we've seen it in oh, yeah. last year's course. I mean, considering it's also a draft archetype for uh, M21, like, Blue-White yeah, Flyers I mean, is definitely what they're trying like to wink at. archetype for, like, every other set, almost. So, <laughs> they've just accumulated en enough um, Flyers Matters cards, and now having this as a commander is mm -hmm. just really nice. Um, also... It's a beautiful uh, payoff. I think the art on this is sweet, and I'm... Oh, it's so cool. So, Chad, maybe you could clarify this, because I've heard that there's not going to be any foils for this, and I think that this would be uh, ridiculously beautiful in foil. But we're not going to be able to get this in Oh, foil? It, it would be an incredible foil, but I believe you're right that there are no foils in Jumpstart. I believe it's all, you know, regular regular cards. 
that is unfortunate because there are certainly some uh, some cards here that uh, would look really really nice in foil. All right, so my my well, hey, fingers crossed, some of them come back in uh, Commander Legends because that's supposed to come out this year too, right? That's true. That's true. That's a whole. I mean, we'll cover that when we get to it, but that's a whole other. Thing. <laughs> so my uh, my pick for best new legend is another white card. White's been getting a lot of love, and I want to I want to. Oh, you picked the unicorn, didn't you? I picked the unicorn. This is a a meal. Uh, the blessed. I think that's how you say it. E M I E L. I'm just gonna call it a meal. The blessed. That yeah, sounds good to me. Uh, legendary creature unicorn, two white white for a four four. Um, it has an ability where you can pay three generic to a uh, blink a target creature that you control, and then whenever another creature enters the battlefield under your control, you can pay either a, a green or a white. And if you do, you put a 1-1 one, one counter on it. If it's a unicorn, you get to put two 1-1 one, one counters on it. I don't think unicorn tribal is something that's going to really happen anytime soon. I, I think a lot of people are going to try it, but I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. This is just a really good value-based commander. Um, white is already kind of in that chunk of colors that wants to be blinking stuff, whether you're you're in blue white or you're in bant you know um if you're playing like things like rune of the hidden realm or if you're playing like brago so this yep. is already a nice include there just being able to uh blink things also can just save things you know if i if i point a doom blade at one of your things you can save it and then just being able to uh buff up all your creatures when they come in um is also just a really nice effect so this i think i think this is going to be in more decks than head uh more decks but I think it's just a very powerful um, include, and you can definitely make a sweet green-white, just like go big, go wide uh, deck with this. So, good on you, Wizards. Oh, for sure. Another uh, another niche that you're filling out. Uh, what's our I think they're trying to get all the all the major creature types to get at least one legendary creature behind them. They help out did. everyone in the world. They definitely hit a lot of them in this set, which is uh, which is cool, as we were talking about with all the tribal synergies. All right. With that, I think that brings us to uh, best art that oh, we think of the set. There has been a lot of good art in this set. What is your? Uh... So, uh, Julian, what what's yours? So I, I have I have two. I think the first one that I really really like is uh, Trusty Retriever. So there's been a lot of like memes and good stuff about all the dogs coming in, you know, and there's all these cute dogs, and I think this is actually. The best one. So Trusty Retriever is a three and a white for a two three dog. When it enters, you can either put a one one counter on it or you can return target artifact or enchantment card from your graveyard to your hand. So reasonable card as it is. But uh it's just this little puppy. He's just running across the battlefield. He's got a sword in his mouth, like he's got his own like little dog armor. And he just looks so happy. He's like, Oh man, I got this this sweet sword. I'm gonna, you know, come bring it back to my master. Just having so much fun despite like the the army in the background and there's like arrows all around him and stuff. So uh it's just a really bright art, really uh cute art. So I, I had to give a nod to that one. What do you got, Jeff? Mine, mine is actually uh, Branching Evolution, which is the new um, half of doubling season, or, or you know, a specific half where it's it, it if one or more plus one plus one counters would be put on a creature you control, twice that many plus one plus one counters are put on that creature instead. And it, the the text is really important because I found that this card, the art just really vibed with you know what the card was trying to do. So you know, it's called Branching Evolution, and if you look at the art on this card, you see a snake with two heads, a cat with two tails, deer with two sets of antlers. And, you know, I, I just love that little gimmick in there, how, you know, it's, it's talking about your creatures are getting weirdly bigger because there's, you know, this, this change in their evolution. And even the flavor text that uh, talking about like something incredible is happening. And then you see that reflected 
in the creatures that are shown. And that kind of like synergy just, it, it had me, you know, I, even if I don't have a place to put this, since my only counter deck right now is a minus one, minus one, uh, I might pick up a copy just, just for the, the art alone, because I, I just found that really cool how they were able to draw those parallels together. Yeah. I, uh, I really like this art too. It's kind of almost got a bit of a, a watercolor feel to it. And um, yeah, the art is just, it's hilarious. It looks, there's like, it looks like there's like bunnies with two sets of ears. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I also, I think I see flamingos in there somewhere, but I, I can't tell if they have like four legs. Right. What they have two of, I feel like they might have two sets of legs, but I'm not fully sure. Or it could just be the fact there's two of them. Kind of. Yeah, maybe. But yeah, that's, that's definitely a, a nice card it definitely feels like the artist had a fantastic time just trying to think of animals to throw in here and then oh, you yeah. know how to show the duplication affecting it i can't even imagine what like the prompt from uh wizards when they commissioned this was. yeah <laughs> just draw animals that look really pretty but have two of something so everything's slightly off like i, I also do like the flavor text the, fir <laughs> the first line is it is it the water uh, coming coming from someone who works in the environmental fields, like, oh, is there something in the water? It's it's funny that there's all these. Yeah, I know. From an environmental impact, this is very bad. You do yeah. not want your animals having two heads. Right. But you know, from a so, from a magic standpoint, if my um, my risk card deck is all of a sudden twice as powerful, eh, I'm not going to mind too much. Yeah, and this is this is an effect that uh, a lot of people have been uh, have wanted. So it's a nice nice little redundancy. Yeah, I would like to throw uh, an honorable mention to the new land cycle, the thriving, etc. Yes. So they add a, a mana of you know one color, and then it enters tapped, and you get to choose another color. So thriving bluff uh, enters, can add a red on its own, and then you can choose another color. So you can uh, kind of get what you need to. But all the arts on these are excellent. Um, I think I personally think thriving grove, which is the the green mana one, uh, is is the best but they all are actually really nice so i definitely yeah not only are they beautiful but they're also fantastic mana fixers for like you know budget three color decks because at two at two color you know they're not they're you know slightly worse than the gain lands just because they don't gain you that one life but like and anything higher than that this is great for you know fixing on the fly and getting exactly what you need at a time when you might not be sure and so i if i was trying to worry about any sort of budget when i was building a three or more color deck these would be easy includes a lot of the time oh 100 percent. yeah yeah anything three plus colors i think you're including at least one or two of these all right so that's mm -hmm. best art in the set now um you know kind of off that we're going to talk about what's the best basic land so um i actually picked one for each basic land type but what, what do you have jeff uh so I mean, obviously there needs to be a shout-out for the Phyrexian Swamp. Um, having all of its text in Phyrexian, I think that's going to be bananas, and I hope to pick up as many as possible or open up a Phyrexian pack on uh, when Gemstar comes out. Uh, I am a little bit bummed that you know there are only one copy of these cool lands per Gemstar pack, but you know, it, out, of, out of the rest of them, my, my picks are between the Pirate Island which, if you guys aren't familiar, um, I believe it's Island 052, I say, reading um, Julian, who did more research into the it exact is, is number of it than I. And that, that but uh, it's, it's, as well. <laughs> it's this classic sort of, you know, I really love the early islands of uh, Magic, and I actually just bought a bunch of them for like 30 cents each earlier today, but these classic, like, 
tropical waters and the sandy beach coming out of it in the middle. And, you know, I love how the islands that are put out each represent the plane that they're kind of shown from. But these early classic ones from Dominaria just really resonate with me. And then to get that, but with pirate ships, you know, above it is is phenomenal. Um, from there, I have to go to the forest number, I think it's 075, uh, which is also Julian's pick. Uh, it's the one from the Defender deck, and it has this, like, specific band. So I, I know, you know, great minds and all that. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's a straight bamboo path like down the middle and it really resonates with the, uh, the old APAC land that came out. I think a couple looked kind of like that, uh, back in the day, but, but this one was just like that single path through the forest and being a sort of unique, um, feeling as almost kind of, you're being drawn into this sort of unique type of forest to walk down it. And if you're looking for something similar, I believe it's the elf forest where it looks almost the exact same, but instead of bamboo, it's spears. And so, you know, just seeing this as like directly looking at the two, I almost like to think that in the, the Defender one, it's the elves are hiding behind it and then they get a little more aggressive with it. But I think those are my uh, two two favorite lands, not counting the Phyrexian Swamp. Yeah. I mean, I actually think the Phyrexian Swamp is, uh, the art's pretty cool on that too, but obviously a lot of the appeal comes from the, the text. And, and I would agree with you. On yeah, just being that much more unique. Yeah, I would agree with you on those other two. I really like the, uh, the Bamboo Path. Um, forest and then the pirate ship island uh was very cool a couple other ones i want to shout out uh, my personal favorite swamp was i don't know what uh pack it's from but it's uh basically this giant um skeletal hand that is like glowing in ominous blue energy um and it has yeah what is to be, uh, a big pool of tar or maybe phyrexian oil kind of like flowing off it yeah it's super sweet um, for any for anyone who is, uh, you know, watched or read Berserk, it looks like the hand that the God Hand comes in on. Chev, I don't know you get that <laughs> reference, but one of these days we'll uh, we'll get you there. But I think that one looks super. One sweet. of these days. One of these days, I think that one looks super sweet. I think um, I have to shout out the dogs, uh, planes. It's uh, yep. I mean, I think it would already be my favorite, even if it didn't have the dog. It's just, like, these luscious plains. Um, there's, like, these nice flowers yeah. sprouting in the foreground, a nice, like, beautiful tree. And then as you go off in the distance, the plains take on all these rainbow of colors. And then also, of course, there's just a, a big old big old doggy right there, right in the front, who's looking, uh, you know, hella cute. So <laughs> I couldn't not shout that one out. And I think my favorite... A complete, you know, change of pace from the um, the cat forest, if you're familiar, where instead of... It, it is a lush forest again... But instead of, you know, the, the cat being all playful, you see, like, a, I think it's a tiger sort of, like, hiding and ready to attack. Oh, yeah. Definitely gives you a, a difference in opinion on how Wizards is taking these two tribes artistically. Yeah, that cat is not looking too friendly. <laughs> um, that, uh, that Plains is 045, by the way, and the swamp I was talking about is 055. Uh, and then my favorite mountain is 068, which I'm assuming is the lightning one because it's basically, like, a... Oh, it definitely. Looks like, it looks like primordial earth where everything is like still kind of molten and there's like all these mountains. The sky is like all red and ominous clouds, except all the mountains yeah. have these streaks of I'm assuming it's supposed to be magma, but it looks like lightning. They're like neon red slash pink just running all down them. And um, it just looks really cool. So I, I want to shout that one out, too. I think uh, I might actually try and pick some of these up for commander decks. Um. If yeah, it's it's the real struggle between like, do I go with my full art, you know, treatment of the lands, uh, 
Or do I get these that have just the crazy art on half the card? Yeah. I mean, that's the great thing about um, Commander, is that each deck can kind of take on a different theme. So if you have one that's like, you're fully pimping out, you can have like all your foil full arts, and then, you know, especially if one of these these uh, themes resonates into what you're playing. Right, exactly, yeah. If you're playing your Pirate <laughs> Commander deck, you're getting, you know, 35 of these Pirate Islands, and you're going to run them, you know what I mean? So... Uh, that's very cool that, uh, Wizards, de I actually, I'm just looking at one of these swamps and it's, it's like just a giant eyeball and there's like all these arms coming out around it. Yeah. I was trying to figure out which yeah. one that was. I feel like it has to be reanimate because it's like stuff coming out of there, but Maybe. I don't know. I'm not familiar enough with all the theme. One? I know there's one about. Oh, witches. witch. That's true. Right. Cause bog brew witch has that whole thing with like an eye of newt. So that's, that's definitely a witch's stew. Yeah. Um, speaking of witches, our last category is actually, what is the best theme or our favorite theme or however you want to you want to categorize it um so you said that there's like what almost nearly 50 different uh packs to yeah there's 46 you? different themes oh, um God. over 121 different packs so some of the themes like the classic reanimate or um i think lightning has some but a bunch of the bigger themes have multiple different deck lists with Various different cards either being yeah. reprinted or the new legendaries. I think you can have some of them have up to four different variations. Most of them, I think, only have two. Yeah. Three. Yeah. So, um, I see that we have one in common, and that's the elves pack. I, I thought that um, obviously the one with crater hoof is the best, but I thought all of the elves packs look pretty good. Uh, there's some good reprints in there, like um, um, elvish archdruid. Um, and also, I yeah, think you're either getting like all your, it's, it's either you're getting a crater hoof, which is fantastic, or you're getting an Allosaurus shepherd, which is an amazing way to jump into the world of elves, or it's a lot of set pieces that elves generally need to operate in any casual environment. So you're kind of like, no matter how you end up, you're ending up with kind of like a starter build or at least 20 cards of a, a elf deck, wherever you want to take it or to upgrade your existing elf deck. So it's kind of hard to not see elves as one of the, the best themes here, since when you're scrolling through the deck list, I don't think I saw a single elf deck list that I would be kind of like, oh, okay, and not super excited to open. Yeah, I think it's also just going to be very strong as one of the halves of your your deck. In oh, for sure. Yeah, considering like, you know, we're, we're talking reprints that are either worth an insane amount of money or just incredibly synergistic with the tribe. Like elves have been a big part of magic since the beginning, and I think Jumpstart's going to be no exception. Agreed. Um, another green one that I actually want to shout out is I think the Garrick one is actually pretty cool. Um, there's only mm. one uh, version of it. Um, and not that it's great for reprint value, but it does have the new Garrick um, Planeswalker from M21. It's got his Harbinger, yeah. which uh, I think is a reasonable card. It's got like pro black, and then when it hits, uh, you can look at the top however many and put a creature into your hand. So it's card advantage. Um, but I also think it's just going to be very strong in this environment. It's just got a lot of good uh, green value spells. Yeah. Um, and it's just going to be an easy way for someone to just pick this up, you know, put creatures down and just get them into the red zone. So I think the Garrick pick, uh, the Garrick pack is actually a pretty good, a pretty good pick. And my, my second one was uh Phyrexian. So you know, Phyrexians is one of those that's like, there is, again, only one deck list of it. Um, and it, it has, you know, that Phyrexian Swamp. It's got Shieldred and Phyrexian Reclamation. Like, it's, again, you know, I'm, I, it's hard for me to approach these 
by not, you know, trying to evaluate how much I want the cards in my collection, as well as, you know, how excited I am to play with them. Um, but, you know, all of that power too, it, it's good for your kind of like bottom line. And it's also really good to play with because I can't, you know, having access to Phyrexian Reclamation in a limited environment, like, and you can just keep bringing back your best cards over and over again, that, that is insane. And it's, you know, something that you'd expect to see in the reanimation theme if it wasn't here. Definitely. Yeah, I, uh, I somehow have never had a Shieldred um, in my whole life, and I, I really think that I, I need to get one, so I'm going to be... Yeah, no, neither have I. I just haven't had a place for a giant, clunky black legendary. But uh, that doesn't mean that I am, I'm right to not have a place for a giant, clunky black legendary. It might just mean I need to brew something up. Right. So, Chev, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that covers uh, everything we wanted to hit in terms of Jumpstart. Um, just yeah, wanna... yeah, obviously the entire entire spoiler is up on um, Scryfall and other sites. Uh, and, you know, if you want to take a look at all the other cards or let us know your favorites, um, that sort of thing, of course, shout us out and let us know if we missed anything big. But I think that's definitely our, our uh, thousand-foot overview of the things that we're most excited for in Jumpstart. Definitely. And I'd say we're both both pretty excited this is shaping up to be uh, an interesting set to say the least so yeah it definitely is something that like i can totally see you know if if there was a harder time trying to convince other people to try magic before having this sort of format where you can just grab two with you know clear defined themes throw them together and be able to show someone quickly you know what a game of magic is like i think not only is it really good as an introductory product but i think it's also really fun like when you you're trying to go out and do something with your friends and, you know, maybe instead of setting up a full draft or you only have like two or three people, like you can just grab a couple of these packs and go. So I really like it for, you know, the environments that Jumpstart is really helping build in its uh, inception. Agreed. Agreed. Um, so let's, uh, let's address one more thing in regards to Jumpstart uh, before we cover our last few topics and get out of here. And that is, uh, the financial impact. So Jumpstart obviously is has new cards, but there are a lot of reprints. So why don't we turn to our handy boy Chev, and he's going to talk to us about the big thing with Jumpstart is it's it's since it's kind of taking the place of you know the summer innovation series. Well, I guess it it is the summer innovation set. Um, but the big thing here is kind of like what Julian was talking about earlier. How a lot of these sets, uh, please hold off on, you know, if you see something you really like, something that's new or something, a reprint, don't buy them certainly before the set comes out, but you might even want to wait a little bit after the set comes out um, to pick up these cards. And, you know, like I mentioned last week with uh, Mystery Boosters hitting their sort of three-month period or that sweet spot after, you know, a certain amount of product has been opened, um, uh, but we're not seeing a sort of a dry... You can still get packs if you want them, is what I'm getting at. But that sweet spot of like one month in when they're opened a lot, there's a lot more on the market, then jump in and pick up the cards you want. Uh, but certainly don't wait too long for the inventory to dry up either. Uh, and the other big thing is, you know, we're talking a lot about Jumpstart, but don't forget that M21 is just around the corner with the pre-release this weekend. And, you know, something that was kind of brought up on Commander Central, uh, another podcast, it that i thought was really important is like looking at m21 and seeing the, again those reprints you really want you should also be thinking about the three-month window when you'd be picking up these jumpstart cards to also pick up some staples of uh m21 because if you look at cards from m19 like crucible of worlds 
or um, any of the other cards that got reprinted in that set, they're now, you know, way higher in price than they were when they originally came out. So even if it's not something that, you know, you'll use tomorrow, thinking of these high valued reprints as, you know, an investment in your future, if you think it's a strategy you might ever incorporate, definitely look at this again in a couple months. And I'm sure we'll be here to remind you uh, to grab those cards while they're hopefully at their cheapest. Definitely. Thank you, Chev. So, yeah, uh, I'm going to uh, I'm going to be doing some shopping pretty soon. So I'm going to uh, rely <laughs> rely on Chev as my financial advisor uh, when it comes to that sort of thing. So uh, last on the docket, we just have a few things we're going to discuss regarding Arena. Is that correct, Chev? Yeah, I think that's it. Uh, we've got a we've got a lot of big changes coming here with the new announcement um, for Arena's state of the game that I think was dropped yesterday from Wizards. Um, you know, yesterday a couple things that we're really hyped 23rd. about. Yes, yesterday being June 23rd. Okay. Um, a couple things on it, um, but you know, I'm certainly more excited about one of them than others. But uh, Julian, what what kind of things from it, or do we want to kind of go over all the big changes uh, and then kind of talk about how we think, you know, what we think of them? Yeah, so I'll I'll just uh, read off all the uh, the major ch major changes real quick from this thing, and then we can discuss what we need. So first off, like Chev said, uh, Arena is finally coming to Mac. So if you are a Mac person, you can play that on there. Um, it goes live with the release or the the pre-release of course at 21. So uh, tomorrow, which is June 25th, um, everything should be available. So that's cool. Just bringing more players into the game, making it more available. There is another update on Arena about pack collation and reprints. So essentially, um, if you get a card that has the same art, that is the same card and has the same art, um, such as the temples, which are being reprinted in Corset 2021, and they were reprinted in last Corset, Corset 2020. If you already own four of Temple of Triumph or whatever, you're not going to open those until you have opened, you're not going to open those from Corset 2021 or Corset 2020 um, until you have all the other rares and mythics from those sets. So basically it just right. is yeah. some dupe. It, there's a lot of nuance to the way it's worded, but it's essentially duplicate protection, but it only works for cards that have the same art. So if in next set Zeneca Rising, they reprint whatever, Evolving Wilds, I guess, <laughs> and it's got a new art, um, that will not be affected by this coding change. But Now, keep in mind, Julian, that this is only with rares. So uh, I believe it's commons and uncommons will you'll still get at the same rate um, from those packs. They're not worried too much about um, reprint protection in those. Yes, okay, fair enough. Uh, Evolving Wilds was a, a bad pick. But if they, okay, if they reprint Fabled Passage in Zendikar Rising... Um, yeah. New Zendikar. But you know, fingers crossed. <laughs> I mean, Fabled Passage is a card that people should just have more access to, so I, I would be okay with that if they did that. Um, even though I already do have my full my full place on Arena. So once again, this is just nice, just protection. Um, because rare and mythic uh, wild cards do can come out of premium. Also, Jumpstart is going to be coming to Arena. So we just talked about um all of our picks. So if you're jumping into those, uh those limited events they will be limited events on arena if you're jumping into those oh we just gave you our picks uh there also is a list of 20 uh cards from jumpstart that are not going to be on arena and they're swapping them out for different cards on arena 
Chev and I were looking through this list. It, it we're a little puzzled as to the card choices. Why um, there are a few like such as like Lightning Bolt, uh, Reanimate, Ristic Study cards that uh, either would be annoying on Arena like Ristic Study or Lightning Bolt and Reanimate. Um, might yeah, it might be a little, be a little too powerful. Too powerful for Historic, which is what all these cards are going to go into. But for the most part, we're unsure why things like Draconic Roar and Flame Tongue Kavu um, have been replaced, uh, especially since the replace the replaced cards are not even necessarily cards that have already been on Arena. Um, so, right, yeah. For some of them, it definitely, like, it seems like they wanted to make sure these individual other cards were making it onto Arena with cards like uh, Goblin Oriflame, Oriflam, yeah. uh, which is red and one attacking creatures you control get plus one plus oh for a more aggressive strategy, or Fanatic of Mogus. Uh, when it enters, it deals damage to each opponent equal to your devotion to red. These interesting, cool cards that synergize well with cards that are already out, but, you know, at the same time, half of the, more than half of the list are cards that are already in standard right now or were previously in standard and already available on Historic. So it's, yeah, we're, we're a little bit confused as to some of these changes, but I'm sure, you know, most of them have a purpose where we'll hopefully, they're saying to expect more details. I, I, uh, I actually have a conspiracy theory that Chev, Chev does not want to uh, give, give the light of day, but I'm kind of wondering if uh, originally Wizards had these... Uh, arena cards and then they were like they wanted to spice things up a little bit so they're like oh we'll just swap these other you know we'll swap Ooh. in path to exile and lightning bolt and uh either they didn't yeah uh, get it turned around to the coding team in time or the coding team was like nope we already we already did it we're, we're done so uh, yeah I think that would no be i like that because that's almost exactly what happened with ultimate masters when they decided that ultimate masters was going to be the last master set for a while they just started filling it with content which made it one of the the best ones that we've ever seen and it was like everything that they were expecting from previous sets um but yeah I, I wouldn't be surprised if it was something like that trying to get more access to reprints uh to the kids i mean we we love reprints so we'll uh we'll take this however we can get it yeah um, <laughs> the the next the next update is something that chev is super hyped on and i'm hyped on because i, I want to play more uh brawlers guild hall the the brawl queue as it would be is Very coming forever it is they were doing this thing where um they would introduce it for a bit, and then once uh, COVID happened, they were like, "Here, have this for you know a full month or two, and then they renewed it." And now they're just yeah, it was, it was you could pay ten thousand gold to play Brawl for a month, and if you got one win during that time, you got a legendary creature that would be legal in Brawl. And I'm still not a hundred percent sure on the legality of these creatures because like they're not historic. <laughs> Uh, they're not standard, so I, I don't know when they rotate in um, relation to all this, uh, but, you know, remains to be seen. So I am interested to see if that program will continue, but yeah, the Brawler's Guild Hall is no more, and instead of just being able to play Brawl on Wednesdays, Brawl will be available consistently, which is pretty fantastic. Um, as some of you, you know, who have spent more time on the website might know, I love playing with new Brawl builds, especially my new Alela and Siona decks. I find those a lot more fun and interesting to play than um, my Kennen deck, which just obliterates. Uh, not really due to any prowess of my own, due mostly to Kennen being absolutely insane. Uh, but, you know, the more I can play Brawl, the merrier, and I hope they keep it up with these wild legends that come out, you know, once, once a month. Um, but I'm excited, and it sounds like they're doing more with Historic Brawl, which, you know, if you can put two and two together, is going to be 
where all of these new cards are going, um, as well as everything that rotates out of standard in the fall. I, I haven't dabbled too much in historic brawl. It's never around enough for me to kind of, you know, want to play with since I always think that the deck will, the amount of time I put into the deck won't equal, you know, an amount of excitement out of it. But I am interested to see how, how that develops further. I think you have to play it now just because now in Kinan you can play Crater Hoof Behemoth. Yeah, no, that's Kenan in Historic will be insanity, especially with Allosaurus Shepherd. Um, we might have to brew something up and see how absolutely disgusting it is. Uh, might I'm be my goal. My body is ready. I'm <laughs> mentally ready. I'm emotionally ready. Um, please just just do it. All right, and then the the last part of this uh, state of the game uh, is just disgusting. Oh, sorry, there's two more parts. Oh, oh, let's talk about the deck builder. So Wizards is changing their deck builder interface on Arena. They are adding a thing where you can um, increase the space where you can see where your yeah. cards are in your curve. So it's no longer just limited to like that bottom third of the screen. You can actually pop it up to uh, essentially the whole screen, which is nice because sometimes it can be hard to see um, all the cards that you have in there. So that's a nice little... Uh, especially in limited where you're kind of like time sensitive and you want to be able to see everything at once and pull it together. Right. Exactly. And you have, you have more one ofs there. So they, they kind of pile. Right. Um, and then also they are adding in a larger uh, search engine. So if you want to do something more like um, a gatherer search or I'm assuming they base it off gatherer. Um, yeah. So. so you can do a little bit uh more intensive of a search as opposed to just the searching by colors, searching by you know card type that they had uh, in there anymore. So just more ease of use, which we always love to see. Um, good on you, Wizards. Just uh, keep adding this stuff in, make the UI uh, better and more convenient for everybody. Yeah. And then the last thing is just discussing uh, rotation. So rotation's coming in the fall, um, and they're just kind of outlining what the uh, the events will be. Um, is there anything big that you want to talk about, Chev, on this road to rotation section? Um, I don't think there's much. Um, just just that you know, if if your existing players, you're going to get the new player decks that come out in August 2020. I know I deleted mine, um, so I am excited to get those back. Just as a a quick way to fill out the quest in MTGA, because uh, sometimes I definitely struggle with those or have to throw together some brawl deck to eke out enough played cards to get my gold. Right. So I'm, I'm excited to have those back and maybe boost them a little bit in power level. That's always fun. Uh, but especially there's, there's one particular thing that's coming in August that has me really excited. Uh, and that would be Amonkhet Remastered um, coming out. Now they mentioned this was coming out a little bit ago. I believe it's going to be Amonkhet and Hour of Dev, um, which, are, which are the two sets that you know kind of came out before Arena. But they were phenomenal. I believe that Julian and I did the pre-release together with a couple of our buddies for both of those. So I, I'm really excited to see those cards coming back, and I'm hoping that, you know, outside of Historic, they have limited queues and sealed and all that good stuff with them. Right, yeah. Amonkhet is definitely has, is definitely a cool card pool. So um, I don't know if they're going to be adding Amonkhet limited events. Uh, that would be interesting, especially for people who did not experience that, because those were good formats. But these are now coming in. They will exist on here. They will be added into Historic. So there's just more cards to play with. And also this is nice because Wizard, Wizards has been talking about backfilling um, sets onto Arena and, right. uh, and thus adding them into Historic. And 
they've mentioned it and we've always thought it was cool but this is them now following up on that so now that Amonkhet is coming um, there's no reason why we shouldn't see maybe something like extra core sets as well as um, uh, like Kaladesh and so on so who knows how far back they'll go Ooh, yeah. but the uh, now that they've actually done this I am I'm you know it sets a precedent so it's nice that they're doing this it's nice that these cards are going to be added and I know there are a lot of players that just started playing in the last year or two um, especially on arena so them getting able to see these cards is just once again it's yep. just better for the game that they get to experience all these things that those of us that have been playing a little bit longer have experienced so um, yeah I think that about um, covers it for what we were thinking about talking about yeah, this has been an exciting cast. There's um, a lot to talk about, a lot going on, and obviously mm -hmm. new cards are always fun. Uh, so thanks for joining us. Um, yeah, I think I think the only thing I want to say, of course, is uh, with Core 21 um, coming out tomorrow being June, June 25th, uh, we'll also be trying to put together our own pre-release event of it on uh, Arena. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm not sure when we'll get that full stream up, but stay tuned for that as well. Yeah, I mean, well, I would say definitely try and check out uh, the Brew Crew on Twitch. We'll be streaming it there. Um, if you don't know when we'll be streaming, you should follow us on Twitter. And then if you need, can't, you know, can't check it there, it will be on our YouTube and we'll probably have a link to it on our website, uh, brewcrew.net. So definitely. Shameless, little, shameless little plug, go check us out in those places. <laughs> Once again, uh, all those links will be in the description of this video anyway, so you can uh, check them out. And that's going to do it for this week. We uh, thank you for in, uh, thank you for joining us, and uh, stay tuned until next week, and we'll get you some of that more delicious content. All right, have a good one, everybody.